Greetings, Riddles in the Dark listeners. I'm your co-host, Dave Kale, here for the first of many Riddles in the Dark Digest episodes. We know that your appetite for Hobbit-related material knows no limit. Unfortunately, between his teaching duties at uh, Washington College, his Mythgard duties, his Signum duties, uh, his new book coming out, and, of course, his family wanting to spend uh, at least some of his free time with him, Corey's uh, amount of time that he can spend on Reels in the Dark is extremely limited, and so I am taking on most of the burden for making sure the podcast happens, and we have to be very careful about how much of his free time we require. Um, thus, uh, that's sort of counterbalanced by our desire to give you as much content as we possibly can and to have something um, nearly every week. So we came up with this compromise idea of doing um, approximately bi-weekly episodes that uh, feature um, content contributed from our prediction game analysts um, and also in which I sort of review and respond to user comments and feedback. We understand this is highly unusual, a podcast released on the Tolkien Professor iTunes feed that does not feature the Tolkien Professor, um, and we ask that you uh, give it a chance, and um, we hope that it will add to your enjoyment of the main Riddles in the Dark podcast, as well as just your experience and anticipation of the upcoming Hobbit films. We think it'll actually be a very, very good complement to the main episodes and a good way to sort of um, keep the discussion alive um, uh, over the intervening weeks between new episodes. You know, um, uh, the, the, it's kind of fun to watch the discussion unfold in the weeks following the release of a new episode, and this will be a way to kind of give it an extra boost. Um, uh, so, uh, I want to get right to it, but two things I want to address very quickly. First, um, I want to remind you who our, uh, prediction game analysts are. They include Mark Fisher from the Encyclopedia of Arda, Arwen Kester from Middle Earth News, Father Roderick Von Hogan of SQPN, uh, and particularly the SQPN Secrets of the Hobbit podcast, um, uh, Merrick and Golden Star from A Casual Stroll to Mordor, John D. Bartolo of the Lonely Mountain Band, and finally Lily Olorio and Britta from the Warriors of the Westfold Radio Show at Middle Earth Network Radio. So, um, one other thing I wanted to address, people have been asking what's the best way or where's the best place to post comments and feedback. There's been a little confusion because there's a lot of different places. So there are three fine options. There's the Tolkien Professor Facebook page. There is Twitter where you can tweet at Tolkien Prof and at Dave Kale. Um, and then there's finally the Mythgard page where we post uh, a, a blog post for every episode that is released. You can comment there. Um, Two notes. If you would like your com your feedback to be addressed on the air, either on the main show or on this show, we highly encourage you to post it at the MythGuard site. Um, since there's usually going to be a lag between when you uh, give us your feedback and when we record the next episode, it's much easier for us to go back and find older comments on that MythGuard page than uh, in digging through the uh, Tolkien Professor page or through Twitter. So. We highly encourage you to um, start start moving some of the discussion over to the MythGuard page, and we promise we'll try to be as um, responsive there as we are on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, regarding Twitter, first of all, please uh, start using the pound riddles in the dark hashtag. We're trying to turn that into sort of the the Hobbit speculation hashtag uh, for Twitter for all of Twitter. Um, the other thing. Uh, um, 
uh, I know you're in the habit of uh, of tweeting at TolkienProf to um, uh, respond to the things that he's doing on his podcast. Um, for Riddles in the Dark, I highly encourage you to add me, at Dave Kale, D-A-V-E-K-A-L-E. Uh, um, as I mentioned, Corey is extremely busy, and so you're probably going to be much more likely to get um, timely responses from me on Twitter than you are from him. So... Um, uh, and I'm going to be looking a lot more closely at uh, Riddles in the Dark comments than, than Corey will. So um, uh, make sure you include me, and then I will make sure that I call it to his attention when we record the next episode. All right, let's jump right into analysis. The first question, if you recall, regarded Thrine and specifically how his backstory and his capture and how he ended up in Dol Guldor will be explored on screen. Um, generally, we wanted to know, uh, would it be portrayed via full flashback? Would it be portrayed via exposition? Or would it be perhaps left out or just mentioned in passing? Um, uh, you can find all five, the five um, actual answers on the Mythcard page. Our first analysis is going to be from Father Roderick uh, on the Secrets of the Hobbit podcast, and you may notice a familiar voice talking to him about it. And I'm on with uh, my uh, colleague, Father Roderick from SQPN. Yep. How are you, Father? I'm good. Good. So we're going to uh, do, make our first predictions. Um, um, and of course, if you're listening to the Riddles in the Dark podcast, you may have already heard mine, um, but uh, you can hear it again and get fathers and we'll do a little bit of discussion as well. Um, so the very first question um, is regards uh, Thorin's grandfather, not grandfather, Thran, um, or Thrine. I, I, every single time I say his name, I say it differently. It's T H R A I N. Thrine, Thrine sounds very uh, dwarfish to me. Yes, it does. Um, the only the only doubt I have is that Corey seems to say Thran a lot, so it might be Thran or something that's sort of halfway. Oh, what some does, vowel what sound do, that what Americans does, are not? What does Corey know about Middle Earth? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really know much. So. Um, Thran, uh, so I'll, let's, let me just give you the question and then we can get into sort of what surrounds it. So the, the question is Thran's backstory and specifically we, we sort of know – okay, so Thran is Thorin's father and we know in the story of The Hobbit that Thran is in um, – uh, that Gandalf, when he sets this quest in motion, gives um, Thorin some, some items, some artifacts that he got from Thran. When Thran was in the dungeons of Dol Guldur, uh, which Gandalf snuck into, um, and so we know that that's going to be an element of the story. The question is, will we get to see any of the backstory of that, um, specifically how Thran ended up in Dol Guldur, how he was captured? Um, so the question is, Thran's backstory, how he ended up in Dol Guldur, will be explored via, and you have four choices. Okay. Choice A is a full flashback on screen showing us his journey, his capture on the edge of Mirkwood, his um, companions, all of that. Option B is exposition from Gandalf to Thorin. So we know that this quest um, of The Hobbit was set in motion when Gandalf and Thorin first met in, uh, the, in Bree at uh, Butterbur's Inn. So the prancing pony. So maybe uh, we'll get to see a flashback of that, and Gandalf will tell Thorin the story. Exposition or option C is exposition from Thorin to others. So maybe Thorin will tell this story to some of the other dwarves or to uh, Bilbo. Option D is none of the above. It will be left out, or it'll just be skated over, mentioned in passing, that kind of thing. Uh, 
So what do we know? Let me lay it out for you. Yes. We know for a fact that Thran has been cast. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be played by Michael Mizrahi. Isn't, he, is, isn't uh, he in the trailer? Uh, I mean, he is in the trailer as well, or people think it's him. I think it's him. There, there's this scene in the trailer where we see Gandalf at what has been confirmed to be Dol Guldor in yes. the outside fighting with some elderly chap and beating him with his wizard staff. <laughs> so uh, – and most – and basically no one can imagine who that might be other than Thran. So people think that's Thran. So it seems pretty clear he's there, and it seems obvious we, we know we're going to see Gandalf sneaking into Dol Guldor. We know we're going to see Gandalf um, meeting Thran in the bowels of Dol Guldor. So, uh, so we, we're taking that for granted. We're going to see Thran. So what we want to know is will we get to see how he ended up there, what happened to him beforehand. Um, right. Yes. And uh, what do we know about that? Um, so what we know is that the dwarves had this very unfortunate history, which uh, if you listen to the most recent episode of Reels in the Dark, we get into it. But they've just had the worst time. Uh, they got run out of the Mines of Moria by the Balrog. And this is all Thorin's family. Thorin mm-hmm. is from sort of the royal family, the House of Durin. They got run out of the Mines of Moria by the Balrog. Um, they went to the Lonely Mountain. Then they left the Lonely Mountain and went to the Grey Mountains for a while. Then they got run out of the Grey Mountains by dragons, and they went back to the Lonely Mountain. And then they got run out of the Lonely Mountain by Smaug. Uh, and they ended up basically sort of wandering and homeless or either in the Iron Hills or, or other places out west. And so they've had the worst time, and uh, Thorin's grandfather and father didn't take this tragedy too well. They both kind of lost their minds and went a little bit goofy. Um, and so uh, – uh, Thror is Thorin's grandfather. Um, he uh, uh, he when he went goofy, he decided that he was going to go back to Moria and sneak into Moria and recapture it. And he went by himself with one servant, and that didn't turn <laughs> out very well, of course. Thran uh, eventually, when he went goofy, um, he decided he was going to go back and reconquer the Lonely Mountain from Smaug. But he didn't even make it that far. He was traveling uh, with some companions on the, and they were camping on the edge of Mirkwood. Uh, and some of these companions are dwarves from Thorin's party. So there's, there's dwarves in this party that actually have memories of this. So they were camping on the edge of Mirkwood. They woke up one morning and he was gone. No idea where Thran was, couldn't find him, never saw him again. And what we eventually find out is he was captured by the necromancer and imprisoned in Dol Guldor. And uh, that's where um, uh, somehow when he was there, he managed to hide the map and the key, which plays such a big role in The Hobbit. And Gandalf gets those from him when he goes. What he also happened to have was the ring. He had one of the seven uh, dwarven rings, and that was taken from him in Dol Guldur. So, um, so what we're really trying to – what we're wondering you know, in general – one of the big questions of the film is how much of this dwarvish backstory are we going to get? Are we going to get to see um, uh, 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 these things elaborated, some of these battles, some of these events happening to Thorin's family? Or is it going to be more just sort of you know, explained in little tidbits, exposition, or maybe not even mentioned at all? Very <clears throat> clear. OK. Here's my prediction. I think actually none of the answers will be – uh, will be correct. Uh, if I have to ch- pick one, I'd say that last one, you know, none of the above, but I don't think it will be glanced over. Actually, I think in terms of storytelling, 
um, and, and I'm going out on a limb here, speculating on how this <laughs> whole thing will. We're all on a limb, <laughs> but this is how I think it will happen. Uh, we see Gandalf visit, entering Dol Guldur, right? Mm-hmm. This attack by Thrain, that's how I'm, Thrain, that's how I'm going to call him because there's a little <laughs> accent accent on the A, so I think it has to be it needs to be a, a Thrain in there. Um, is going to be a surprise. It's going to it's going to scare us. It's something you don't expect. I mean, we're already on the edge uh, because Gandalf is in Gondol Guldur. It's a dangerous place. We don't know exactly what to expect, and all of a sudden you get this crazy guy attacking him, and it's like, why is he even out there? He's supposed to be a, a prisoner, right? He's he's supposed to be, he's stuck there. So, but yet we see him, you know, jumping around there among those ruins. So I think that he actually tried to escape. That's where he meets Gandalf. He is he is well half crazy, so he, he starts attacking Gandalf. Gandalf calls uh, calms him down. They talk, uh, and then it's Thrain himself who's going to give the backstory how he ended up there. Probably in, in just a conversation, like we've seen so many in the Lord of the Rings, and also even in the trailer. You know the 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 conversations in at Bilbo's place, and so I don't. I think that there will be. Let's say 20, 30 seconds where, where Gandalf talks with Thrain after he calmed down and Thrain tells, tells him how he ended up there and that he tried to escape, etc. Uh, they, well, he hands over the map and the key, um, to Gandalf. And then when Gandalf tries to take him away or tries to basically free him from, from Dol Guldur. For some reason, he's being recaptured again, thrown into prison, and that's where he ultimately dies, whereas Gandalf manages to escape with the, the map and the key. That's how I think things will go, and of course, I have no no uh, no real information <laughs> on which I base this, but that's how I would tell the story, and I'm sticking with it. Yes. Tell me why, <clears throat> why am I wrong. Very interesting. <laughs> Now, what's your prediction, and why am I totally wrong? So, so um, my prediction was uh, um, I was going with uh, exposition from Thorn to others. I, I think that uh, that's that's an your 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 answer is interesting. It's one that I hadn't thought of, and I may have to uh, reconfigure my. I may have to do a uh, um, after. The, I may have to you retcon have to, my multiple you mean, choice answers. You mean to rig a, the questions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because that, that is one thing that that I hadn't thought about. That maybe um, <clears throat> maybe that the story of his capture will be revealed to the audience in, in such a way that it won't, you know, like that that maybe we'll see see like Thrine uh, revealing it to Gandalf. Yeah, uh, you don't want so f- the audience will learn about it, but maybe we won't ever actually see Gandalf telling other people or no. other people telling Thorin. No. So maybe the audience so. will be told about it, but in a way that other characters don't learn about and it. I That's d- interesting. I, d- I don't think it's going to be a flashback because it's – it's uh, it, after all, even though it's it's an important event, it's still a minor character. You don't do mm-hmm. a flashback for a minor character. No, you do that I, for the big, big – Personalities, the, the the for the, the the the, let's say the important points that you want to hit and you want to uh, get across. But this is for the audience that watches the movie. This is not really relevant information, and so you can you can handle that with a bit of exposition in the conversation between Gandalf and and Thrain. That's that's a good one. I'm I'm going to have to change that answer because I, I, I like that. Thrain so, will probably shoot. Uh, no, uh, Gandalf will shoot Thrain with some kind of magical tranquilizer, and then he calms <laughs> down, and you know. So my prediction was um, 
was I, I'm my thinking is the same same as uh, yours roughly that I just don't think this warrants a flashback um, and and actually as Corey and I were talking about this we had to add a stipulation uh, we had to say that um, we we had to add the stipulation of on screen in the theatrical release right. Because yes. there's all – you know, like if you leave yourself open to like could it be in the extended edition, well, heck, they could film everything <laughs> yes. if they want. We'll discover that years after yes. the fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the – yeah, that's the big problem. The problem is like if you – they could film whatever they want to and it include as special features. And of course we won't ever find out. So mm. it has to be on screen in the on screen. It has to be in the theatrical release. I just don't think this is going to warrant a flashback in that. So I thought maybe it will be exposition from Thorin or, or, or in discussion amongst the dwarves. So maybe that um, – uh, Thorin, when he pulls out the key in the map, explains to Bilbo about his father and where he got them from. Or um, we know that some of the dwarves in Thorin's party traveled uh, to uh, traveled were traveling with Thrain when he got captured, and so maybe they will, rec- you know, maybe they'll have told Thorin. And so basically, it'll come up in discussion amongst the dwarves and Bilbo. That thinking, was my prediction. I'm thinking so perhaps I think I like yours better now. Perhaps perhaps the whole Dol Guldur. Uh, scene with the fight between uh, Gandalf and Thrain will be part of a flashback. I can imagine that, that actually Gandalf is telling the the company of Bilbo that story. Mm-hmm. And that th- so that in itself would con- constitute a flashback. Yes. But uh, but I think I agree with you. I don't think we will see on screen footage of Thrain being captured. No, me neither. Me neither. Yep. Cool. All right. Great. I, I suspect you're going to be right. This is one place where I think Corey's wrong, and I think you're right. You'll notice, of course, that not only did Father Roderick disagree with both Professor Olson and myself, but his answer was actually so surprising that we had to add an extra option to our list of options. So there's actually options A through E, not just A through D anymore. Um I'm hoping that this will happen less and less frequently as the game goes on and we learn to write these questions a little bit better. But believe it or not, writing these, designing these questions is actually surprisingly tricky um, to ensure that we, we get answers that are not only appropriate but also mutually exclusive so that people will only try to pick one. Um, and then also that we've sort of covered all the sort of reasonable bases. So uh, the first, uh, first few questions are going to be a little they're going to be sort of uh, exploratory and please bear with us as we as we figure it out and write better questions as time goes on um a little bit about Father Roderick and the Secrets of the Hobbit podcast. This podcast, uh, the website can be found at thehobbit.sqpn.com. SQPN, of course, is one of the largest uh, Roman Catholic new media organizations out there, and they produce a lot of really neat stuff. Of course, much of it is uh, Catholic in nature, but a fair amount of it is not, including the Secrets of the Hobbit podcast. And they also have podcasts about um, other Tolkien stuff, about the Once Upon a Time TV show, um, and a variety of under other popular media things. So uh, check it out. Uh, their Twitter account is at Hobbit Podcast for Secrets of the Hobbit. That is, it has Secrets of the Hobbit also has a Facebook page. Um, you can subscribe to the Secrets of the Hobbit feed on iTunes, um, and you can also listen to the episodes which are recorded live weekly on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Father Roderick's always there, and I'm there nearly every week except on the occasional mornings where I accidentally oversleep my alarm. 
there's also a sister Tolkien podcast uh, to Secrets of the Hobbit called Secrets of Middle Earth that is uh, centered on Lord of the Rings online. They have a Twitter account at Middle Earthcast and also a Facebook page. I definitely recommend you check that one out as well, especially if you play Lotro. And speaking of Lotro, we're going to get on to our next um, uh, analyst contribution, which comes from Merrick and Golden Star of A Casual Stroll to Mordor. Now, ordinarily, since Merrick and Golden Star have a podcast, they're actually going to send us their contribution uh, as a recording of their discussion from one of their shows. However, this time around, uh, for the first question, they just sent us um, some very brief uh, essays that uh, we're going to probably – I think we'll go ahead and read the, the entire things on the air uh, right now. Um, then they sent us uh, three comments, actually, uh, one from Merrick, one from Golden Star, and then a um, – You'll see what the third one is. Merrick. <clears throat> Throughout many times in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, we saw many an exposition from Gandalf to Bilbo, the Fellowship, Frodo, and other characters throughout the movie. It is hard for me to imagine that Peter Jackson has changed much as a storyteller and director that he would stray from this type of storytelling. I also believe that there might be some pressure from the studios for him to keep the movies as similar to the previous three as possible. Also, if I remember correctly in the book, it was through exposition that Gandalf told Thorin and everyone else what happened to Thran, and how he revealed Thran's fate. So, even though there might be some arguments about how Thran might be portrayed in the book, possibly as a wild-eyed crazy man who attacks Gandalf, I think that it will be through exposition. I'll even go as so far as to guess that it will happen at the same time as it does in the book during the unexpected party. So uh, I bl I've just confirmed um, that Merrick is right. Um, it is in the opening chapter, Unexpected Party, during which Gandalf gives this uh, informs um, Thorin uh, the, about the fate of Thran. Um, he does it when he is giving him the map and key, and he mentions um, that uh, he ran into Thran um, uh, in the dungeons. He says. How he got there, I don't know, but I found him a prisoner in the dungeons of the Necromancer. And Thorin is um, uh, not only surprised, but also horrified, because he shudders when he responds. So, good call, um, Merrick. Uh, Golden Star says, The movie opens with a story told from Thran's point of view as he escapes the dungeon and runs into Gandalf. Then, a cut to the Shire and Gandalf meeting Bilbo. Not a flashback, but a storytelling in the time of the event. Then there's a flash forward to the Shire. Um, I actually think this is a really interesting idea. Um, nearly everybody thinks that these films, um, at least the first one, maybe both, are going to open with some kind of sort of epic um, flashback type um, uh, montage or sequence, um, very similar to the way that Fellowship of the Ring begins with the account of the War of the Last Alliance with Galadriel's um, uh, narration. And I believe it's the third film, Return of the King, that begins with the story of um, uh, Smeagol becoming Gollum. I think everyone thinks that we're going to see these kinds of opening sort of, I guess, montages, for lack of a better term. But uh, there seems to be wide disagreement about which uh, events will be portrayed. Um, the two main theories that I've heard for the first film that we've we've expounded on on the show are that we will see either Smaug's attack on the Lonely Mountain and Thror and Thran's escape, um, uh, or that we may see 
the fate of Thror and uh, the uh, being killed by Azog, and then the Battle of Azanolbazar um, to sort of lay the groundwork for the antipathy between the orcs and the dwarves. I don't I haven't heard anyone postulate that maybe the film will begin with a sequence of Gandalf sneaking into Dol Guldor and. Um, acquiring the map and key from uh, from Thran. I think we all agree that that's going to be somewhere in the film, as as we're pretty sure that was Gandalf and Thran at Dol Guldor in the trailer. But um, I don't think anyone's postulated that maybe that will be the opening sequence of the first film. That's a very interesting notion, um, uh, and uh, I don't think it is at all unlikely. I think it could be as likely as the other. So great theory, Golden Star. Uh, finally, they wanted to add one additional um, uh, theory about how this might go down. Here, here it is. Okay, the obvious choice here is D, but it's not going to be left out. Oh, no, not at all. So I guess they're picking none of the above. In fact, it's going to be a quest for Thorin. Um, you see, Gandalf has actually been working on a project that will allow him to travel back in time. All he needs to do is gather Shadowfax's father, get him up to 88 miles per hour, and boom, he can go back and revisit history. Except when he's showing all this to the dwarves and Bilbo, orcs show up and assassinate Gandalf. Thorin, trying to escape, accidentally gets Shadowfax's father up to 88 miles per hour himself, and travels back to 2735. Needless to say, hilarity ensues as Thorin attempts to travel to get back to the future, and with the help of a past version of Gandalf. All the while, he needs to make sure that his father, Thran, and mother get together so his future self won't be erased. Of course, if that mean old necromancer has anything to say about it, Thran and his wife will never kiss at the Under the Mountain dance, and the future will never be the same. (laughs) I would say that's probably the most likely one, in my opinion. You can find out more about Casual Stroll to Mordor at casualstrolltomordor.com. It is basically the number one place on the internet, in my opinion, for uh, news and discussion about Lord of the Rings online. Um, they have, in addition to a site, they have a podcast. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to it on iTunes, and it also records and broadcasts live on Middle Earth Radio uh, on a weekly basis on Saturday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the uh, radio site where you can listen live is radio.mymiddle-earth.net. They have a Twitter account, at Stroll to Mordor. They have a Facebook page. They have a YouTube channel where they post videos from Lotro. Um, that's Stroll to Mordor. They have a Flickr account, uh, Casual Stroll to Mordor, where they pass, uh, post beautiful screenshots from Lotro. And um, one last thing I want to add. I noticed that I think earlier this week was Golden Star's birthday, so happy birthday, Golden Star. Um so we have one more um, uh, or a couple more contributions that I would like to mention um, for uh, the first question. Um, one comes from uh, uh, Mark Fisher of the Encyclopedia of Arda. He sent this in text, so I'm going to read it to you. He says, I can't say that any of the four options quite match my prediction, but the closest is probably A, a full flashback, though I don't think we're going to see that in the unexpected party scene. My reasoning here, and by reasoning, of course, I mean complete guesswork, which is what we're all doing, Mark, comes from the older Bilbo in the trailer telling Frodo, I may not have told you all of it. I'm speculating, wildly, that this is a framing device for the whole movie, so that what we'll see is not so much a direct film version of the book, but the story of a different and more expanded retelling by Bilbo. 
That would give the movie license to add all sorts of extra scenes in historical order so they can start long before the version in the book and give us plenty of backstory before we even get to Bag End. Smaug descending on Erebor might be an effective place to start, say, followed by a potted history of the dwarves, which would lead naturally to the story of, Th- of Thrain and his capture, then on to scenes we know about, we knew about, know about, with Gandalf in Dol Guldur. And it's a handy way to establish Sauron's presence early in the story, too. If that's right, we won't get to the unexpected party right away, and when we do, we'll already have seen the events being described, so there will be no need for flashbacks at that point. When Gandalf says simply, I tried to help your father, but it was too late, or however they choose to phrase it in the movie, it'll be nicely resonant without any need for any elaboration. I suppose that would technically be a flashback, hence I'm predicting option A, but only in the sense that most of the main narrative will be one long flashback from the point of view of the older Bilbo telling his tale to Frodo. I'm guessing that Thrine's story itself will actually take place as a part of the narrative sequence before we get to the events of The Hobbit itself. So if I interpret that correctly, then I would say um, that uh, what they mean, what, what what Mark is actually talking about is that basically it will function a lot like the opening scenes of The Lord of the Rings, where uh, we see the history of the War of the Last Alliance, um, and Galadriel is actually narrating it to us. So it's it's not really it's it's kind of a flashback, but not technically a flashback. So. Very good observation, and I think the, um, the the pointing out the framing device is perfect. That's a really, really good observation. We're super psyched to have Mark on board because he is incredibly insightful. You'll see from his next uh, uh, analysis for the second question. You can find out more about Encyclopedia uh, Arda by visiting www.glyphweb.com slash Arda. Glyph is spelled G-L-Y-P-H. And Arda, well, you should know how to spell that. You know, if you haven't been to Encyclopedia Arda and you don't have it bookmarked in your browser and on your mobile device already, shame on you. You're not a real Tolkien fan. Before we move on to question two, I'd like to do a quick rundown of all of our analysts' answers and cover some of your feedback. So if you recall, our options for how... Our question was, how will Thrine's backstory particularly how he ended up in Dol Guldur, be explored. A was, we'll get to see a full flashback of his journey and his capture on the edge of Mirkwood. Um, B and C both uh, refer to exposition from uh, involving Thorin, either Gandalf to Thorin or Thorin to others. D was none of the above. Um, and then E was the uh, bonus answer proposed by Father Roderick, exposition from Thrain to Gandalf. So going down the list, Corey predicted A, a full flashback, because he's ever the optimist, and he's probably wrong. I predicted C, exposition from Thorin to others, because I'm pretty sure it'll have to be addressed, but I'm not too optimistic that we'll actually get filmed and put in there. Or if it is filmed, I think it'll get cut out. Uh, Mark Fisher guessed A. He thinks that we're going to get to see this sort of epic narrative sequence at the beginning. Um, Arwen Kester is guessing B. Um, uh, based probably on some of the conversations in the Quest of Erebor apocryphal material. I think that's reasonable. Father Roderick, of course, bonus answer E. Um, American Golden Star gave us two answers uh, that I've assigned to them as individuals, but I think um, they were sort of going for a serious answer and a silly answer. They proposed B and D. Um, John D. Bartolo from the uh, Lonely Mountain Band says A, and the ladies from the Warriors of the Westfold propose E. Um, 
So uh, very briefly, I want to mention a couple of these folks. Uh, John D. Bartolo from the Lonely Mountain Band, of course. I'm sure you all must know him since he's appeared on this podcast before, particularly in the uh, the roundtable conversation called, uh, what was it, The Scholar, The Minstrel, and the, oh, shoot, I can't remember what the other one was, but uh, it also had Ted Naismith on, um, and they were talking about scholarship and music and art in Tolkien. Uh, John's wonderful. Um, I think this is another example of if you call yourself a real Tolkien fan, then you should know his music and you probably should own some of his albums. You can find out more about him at minstrelsongs.com. Uh, and in fact, there you can not only learn about his two albums, one's called Beyond the Western Seas and is inspired by the Silmarillion, the other one's called Second Breakfast and is inspired more by Hobbits and the Shire, uh, but you can also listen to some of his songs for free. Uh, you can also hear some of his songs on his YouTube channel, Lonely, Lo- Lonely Mountain Band. Um, he has a Twitter account, at sub underscore creator, as well as a Facebook page for the Lonely Mountain Band. And also, it's worth pointing out that the Lonely Mountain Band actually began as a... Um, uh, uh, crap, what do you call them? It's not a fellowship, a kinship. A kinship on Lotro. Uh, so uh, that's that's a very interesting story about uh, Lotro bringing together Tolkien fans in the real world. So some of your feedback. Um, we'd like to thank all the folks who commented on the very first episode. You guys are the ones that really got the ball rolling for us. Uh, and thank you for the compliment, Sandy, about the podcast. Farrand, uh, wonderful feedback. In particular, you, you're, you point out that... Um, Tolkien said that Gandalf didn't know it was Thrain until he met Thorin later, and I believe you are correct. I, if I recall from the Quest of Erebor material in the appendix, that Gandalf actually mentions that uh, when he first ran in, when he ran into Thrain, um, he thought it was just this crazy old dwarf, and he he even managed to get the map and the key, and had a, no idea what those were until he met Thorin, and then put two and two together and realized who that must have been that he met in the dungeons of Dol Guldur. And uh, so uh, I think that's pretty uh, a very, very good observation, Farrand. Please keep these wonderful observations coming. Um, and then finally, I want to thank Michael. Uh, he points out that this witless and wandering stuff, um, um, you know, he, he brings up this notion that 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 could refer to his mind wandering, um, but also that it's possible that he may have escaped and could be physically wandering around Dol Guldur as well. I actually think that's pretty reasonable. In fact, you know, looking at the the sequence and assuming that that is Thryon in the uh, the trailer, which I think is probably pretty certain, you're probably right. He probably has somehow managed to escape, or maybe um, Gandalf helps him escape and he turns on Gandalf. So, good observations. All right, well, let's move on to question two, which concerns Thorin's grandfather, uh, Thror, and specifically the question asks, um, oops, let me pull it up, how will Thror's death be portrayed, um, in particular on screen? Recall that we always have the condition on screen in the theatrical release. We don't want to leave open the possibility that people try to wiggle out of being right or wrong because uh, something makes it into the special features. On screen, theatrical release. So how will Thor's death be portrayed? A, full gruesome scene will unfold on screen, including the disembodied head. B, story will be told by a character, probably Thorin. C, it will be mentioned in brief, 
sort of as a reference to the wars between the goblins and dwarves, but the story won't actually be fleshed out. Or D, maybe it will be left out entirely and the origins of that war will be changed. So let's begin our discussion of the second question focused on Thror with with a recording sent to us by Merrick and Golden Star of A Casual Stroll to Mordor. So Riddles in the Dark. If you don't know, if you're not listening to the Tolkien Professor, then you're missing out. I love the Tolkien Professor. Because he has a new bike weekly podcast that is in the same feed as his regular podcast with him and David Kale, which they are discussing on themes, characters, and events in Middle Earth and laying the groundwork for intelligent speculation about how the book may be translated, the book being The Hobbit, into the films. So they what what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna discuss in each episode uh, a prediction about the upcoming films and they that uh, will be either proven or disproven when the films are finally released and they have asked us as well as some other people that you may be familiar with like Father Roderick I know is gonna be on has mm-hmm. a session recorded with them where they asking to discuss their hypothesis on certain topics. So, I think the first one that they did, as far as Riddles in the Dark, was how are they going to introduce Thrain? Thrain's backstory. Yeah. How did he end up in Dol Guldor will be explored. Yeah, and the choices were full flashback showing us a journey in Capture the Edge of Mirkwood, B, an exposition from Gandalf to Thorin, C, an exposition from Thorin to others, or D, none of the above. It'll be left out or mentioned in passing. Yeah. Uh... We are getting, went ahead and submitted our feedback, so we're not going to be talking about that. That you can listen to on the next version of Riddles in the Dark. Yes, we we've been asked. I don't know if you said this. We've been asked to give our opinion. Did yeah. you say that? Yes, we okay, give our opinion. So we're not just playing along for funsies. We've been asked to do this, and we're serious about our opinions. Although we have some maybe not so serious response as well we get we're giving a serious response and a silly response well i don't know i didn't like what you did but we'll see what that was total awesomeness okay i thought that we were just going to give a response not four so. we gave three well, three is too many you were supposed to be the silly one and you didn't want to be the silly one this week and i disagreed with you on the series okay <laughs> so well. question two how will thror's death be portrayed on screen in the a- theatrical release Release. Release. Yeah, that got away from me. (laughs) So, will it be a gruesome scene will unfold, including Nar picking up Thor's disembodied head? Yuck. So, Thor is the grandfather of Thorin? How far back does this go? Uh, I don't know. He's the one that had... Because Thrain was the one that was in in the dungeon. Thrain was... Yeah, Thrain was the grandfather. No. So no, was the father. Right. So Thor must be the grandfather. So th- Thor Thor is Thorin's granddad. Okay, so Thor is the king of Durin's folk, a son of Dane, and father of Thrain the second, and brother to Fror and Gror. That doesn't help me. So it's I believe he was the king <sighs> he was the king that was kicked out of With from Smog. No, no, no. Wow. Maybe we should discuss these after Riddles of the Dark so we know what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, Okay, so 
In his early life, he and his family lived in the dragon played Grey Mountains in 2589 when their halls came under attack by the cold drakes. His father, Dane, and younger brother, Thror, were slain at their, at their gates by a great cold drake. Afterwards, Thror inherited the kingship. He and his youngest brother, Gror, resolved to divide their folk. Thror led a small portion of the House of Durin to recolonize Erebor, where they discovered the Arkenstone. Gror led the greater portion of Durin's folk east to the Iron Hills, where he founded his own kingdom. Under Thror's leadership, Erebor prospered over a century. Eventually, the wealth of the kingdom attracted the attention of the dragon known as Smog. See, Smog threw them out. Yeah, and he flew south and destroyed the kingdom, killing many of the drawers. So Thror was the one that was in there and was the one that got yes. kicked out. It was his map that he gave to Thrain. Thrain got into dungeon. Thrain gave his map to Gandalf. Gandalf gave it to... Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Right. <laughs> uh, Thorin. That right. the, the, that's the path, right? Right. And they eventually settled into Dunland, where they tried to make a living. Okay. So when 20 years went past, Thror, now older and desperate, he gave his son Thrain to the last of the seven rings and the map of Erebor. Okay. You can stop reading the wiki now. Okay. But I want to say he... All right. So the question is, how will his death be portrayed? So... Okay. So his death takes place at the East Gate of Moria. Because he went back to take over Moria when he went a little bit. So is he the? He's not the 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 the. No, he wasn't in Balin's tomb. That okay. No, but he before that he went back and tried to take back Moria himself with some other people. All by himself? Well, no, not with other people. <laughs> but Nar. Like, Never mind. I can do it. <laughs> no, uh, Nar was also there. He begged Thor to be aware, but Thor just said. Uh, you know, whatever. He went into Moria and kind of did, uh, I I am here. And it didn't go so well for Thror. In fact, that's when Azog the Goblin, uh, well, killed him. So he didn't die from Smog. He got out. He then died in Moria. Yeah, he died in Moria. He was killed by Azog. So. I don't, how is this important to anything? Well, it's a discussion of... You know, they're, they're How probably... will Thor, Thor's death be portrayed on screen in the theatrical release is the question. Yes. So the questions are, it'll be a gruesome scene that will unfold on screen, including Nar picking up Thor's disembodied head. The story will be B. The story will be told by a character, probably Thorin. C. It will be mentioned in brief, possibly in reference to the wars between the goblins and the dwarves. Or D. It'll be left out and the origins of the D&G will be changed. What's the D&G? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. We will be specifying that they need to uh, they spell need to this out. Spell because we're, we're dumb dumbs. <laughs> we ex- we explained this to them when they invited us. We're like, we've read the Hobbit, but we're reading it in like, ah, happy and loving, and I'm going to read a nice story. You know, yeah. it is in like we're going to be asked really hard questions later on. Okay, and uh, I just want to throw in some some uh, things from the some asides from the chat room. Madrick says that Nar is the crazy dwarf in Enidwyth. That you mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. And Stephen Fry points out that Azog is the father of Mazog. The Dude, I didn't know this was going on in game. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to guess they're A's out. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be a full scene. No. No, uh, it doesn't no. really hold any. This is a minor part in the whole them going back. Yeah, 
And maybe the only thing that I can th- see the, the, the part because it says about Thor's death makes me think it's going to be left out. The only thing I would think we would see about Thor's at all would be him getting shoved out of the Lonely Mountain. If that. Okay. Romulus also throws out that the origins of dwarves and goblins will be changed. Okay. So the, the war between them, the fight. Oh, I see. Thank you. Because this did when Azog did kill Thorin in such a gruesome manner. It, from what I remember from the Tolkien professor, it cost a lot. They really made the dwarves mad. Really made well, them mad. Well, we know that they hate each other a lot. And it was one of the things that really <laughs> spurned the dwarves on to start trying to retake Moria more actively. So I'm going to say B. The I really think that the story will be told by Thorin, probably. Uh, or, or Gandalf. I can see either one of them kind of giving this brief talk. But I don't see it as a scene. Um, I think it'll, I, the only, I could see it coming in maybe when they're all around the fire and they're talking about how Thorin was, Thorin's family was removed from it and small by smog and maybe what happened to his dad. You know what? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'm going with D. It's not going to be in there. His death is not important to the story. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with. First of all, if, if they didn't if this is so far in the future if he didn't die there he i would assume he was dead anyway yeah <laughs> he's his I, grandfather from long ago if anything i would say c maybe mentioned in brief but i'm gonna go pos- i'm gonna go with d i don't know if it makes for a I good agree. movie transition i don't think it has his death is not important to the movie from the story point of someone who's never read the books which is Peter Jackson's audience. Right, right, right. You know, he's not assuming that Do you care? all his people are Tolkien fans. They're not going to know who this dwarf who died in Moria is. They're not going to care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So D. we're going with D. Okay. All right. And or so. Maybe. <laughs> so, well, I can see that they might tie it in like with Moria and stuff, but that kind of leads a whole different sidetrack. And Moria wasn't as deeply ex you know it was a major it was a big part in the films but it wasn't like the lore of moria wasn't really discussed we just know it's a dangerous place where the dwarves used to live right so in summary merrick and golden star um think that uh the circumstances of thror's death will be of little or no interest to your average Hobbit film-going fan um, who hasn't read the books and that are sort of irrelevant or unnecessary to telling the Hobbit story on film. I'm sure there's many diehard Tolkien fans right now who are will be terribly offended by this suggestion. And uh, if you are, please tell, send us feedback and tell us why you think Merrick and Golden Star are wrong. Um, uh, so, uh, they predict that at most it will be, uh, told on screen by Thorne, it won't be portrayed, and, uh, potentially it could be left out entirely. Um, next we would like to, uh, give you a recording of a discussion from Secrets of the Hobbit between Father Roderick and myself. Hello, Father. Sweelot Melon. Well done, sir. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, make an impression here. <laughs> I know. Good work. So um, we uh, we 
we did uh, – question number one was about Thrain and uh, um, Thorin's father, and we continue in the, um, uh, in the theme of Thorin's family and history. And actually a lot of the first – I think the first three or four questions are going to be about the dwarves and the House of Durin. Um, but uh, this time we're going to focus on um, Thorin's grandfather, Thror, who we mentioned previously. Um, Thror is uh, was uh, the king under the mountain in Lonely Mountain, and then also in the Grey Mountains. Um, when they went up there, he was there when um, they got run out of the Grey Mountains by the Cold Drakes. That's a fun little thing to go look up on Encyclopedia Arda, and you won't, uh, but you won't hear much. Ba- you won't find much because it's just mentioned in passing. But they got run out of the Grey Mountains by Cold Drakes. Then they went to the Lonely Mountain. They got run out by Smaug. Thror is the one who uh, – he escaped through the secret door that Bilbo le- later sneaks in through. Mm. He escaped through the secret door. He is the one that drew the map that shows where the secret door is that the uh, the company in The Hobbit uses. He's also the one that had the key. He also had one of the seven rings of the dwarves given to him by Sauron. So uh, Thror and his family end up um, you know, as we mentioned, uh, end up sort of homeless and wandering. Uh, they end up – that particular Thorn and his family end up in the hills of Dunland out west. Um, and uh, they go crazy, as we mentioned. Um, and Thor's particular brand of crazy is he gives the map and the key and the ring to his son Thrine. Um, and we know that Thrine eventually passes on the map and the key to, to Thorin, but not the ring, and the ring is lost. Yes. And we don't find this out until the Council of Elrond. But uh, Thror decides that uh, I think, you know, he thinks it's time to go back to Moria. He's apparently forgotten about the Balrog and all of the orcs and everyone there and decides that he's going to go recapture Moria. And he's going to do it by himself. He takes one servant, uh, Nar, and uh, arriving at Moria, um, he uh, just basically walks right on in. He just opens up the door and marches on in. He's in charge, leaves Nar outside. Nar sees neither hide nor hair of him for about two days and then comes back out and or and is waiting. And next thing you know, the door opens and uh, he hears uh, harsh voices orc voices taunting him and, and making fun of uh, Thror. And next thing you know, some things are tossed out the door at uh, Nar's feet. Uh, it's the dismembered body of Thror, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, he apparently went into Moria, didn't make it very far, got captured, tortured, and then beheaded. And uh, the orc who is in charge of Moria at the time, Azog, um, carves his name into Thror's forehead and uh, then tosses a bag of um, 30 silver coins or something like that. It's, it sounds very biblical. Uh, he tosses a bag of silver coins out at Nar and says, uh, there's your payment. You're our messenger. Take the message back to your kin. Tell them that, you know, not to bother coming back. We're in charge of Moria now. And he's very um, uh, disrespectful. And so um, the question that we have this week is, or this episode is, uh, how will Thror's death be portrayed on screen, um, uh, if at all, of course? And of course, with the stipulation on screen in the theatrical release. Yes. Uh, option A, the full gruesome scene will unfold on screen, including Nar picking up Thror's disembodied head. Um, option B is 
then we go back to our old our old friend exposition. So the story will be told by a character, probably Thorin. Maybe when they're sitting in Bilbo's um, house, uh, he'll say, you know, like, or, or maybe. Um, when they're uh, when they've escaped from the dwarf from the or from the uh, goblins uh, and Bilbo's like you know why why do they hate you so much and this kind of stuff and and they'll tell the the origin of this story because this this event with Thror leads to a massive war on the doorsteps of Moria. Um, option C is it will be mentioned in brief, probably in reference to the wars between the goblins and the dwarves. Um, so uh, we won't get any exposition or explanation. We won't get any actual flashbacks, but we will get mention of it. Someone will refer to this as the thing that sparked the war. Option D is it will be left out, and the origins of the dwarves and goblins' war will be changed. Uh, so that's the uh, thing. Um, the the two little tidbits that I want to toss in to help guide you, Father, mm-hmm. is uh, that we know that um, we know that Thror has been cast. He's been he's being played by an actor named Jeffrey Thomas. Really, and we know that Azog has been cast. The orc who slays Thror and carves his name into his forehead has been cast as well. So it's pretty clear those guys will be showing up somewhere. So, will they show up in this scene? Will they show up in a scene of Thor being beheaded? Oh, that's that's very important information because while you were explaining the whole backstory, my initial reaction was, oh, it's going to be D. It's going to be left out. It's not important because we've got the scene with the map and Gandalf mm-hmm. and uh, and Thrain, and that's enough. You know, Thrain can just say, well, I've got this map. Here you go. Um, but uh, now that I know that these two characters have been cast, and I totally forgot about that, um, I think actually this is going to be shown. This is going to be part of the of a probably of this. This could be part of the same the same event actually. The um, Gandalf speaking with Thrain, and then uh, Thrain mm-hmm. actually, you know, starting to tell a story, and will that will bring us to a flashback. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, another important thing to know is. This event with Thror leads directly to the War of the Dwarves and the Goblins, which culminates with the Battle of Azanolbazar, which is the battle that's right on the doorstep of um, Moria. In this battle, mm-hmm. um, uh, Thror, let's see, no, Thror's already dead, and I don't think Thrine's there either. But in this battle, um, uh, uh, are you having Dying second Iron breakfast Foot there? Slays uh... Azog. So <laughs> you... this is the guy that we mentioned uh, in the most recent episode of Secrets of the Hobbit um, get, got cast. He slays Azog. Um, also, actually, Thrine was at this battle. Now I remember he was injured, but this is before he was captured and sent to Dol Guldur. So Thrine's at this battle. Azog slays um, um, Azog, or I mean, Dine slays Azog. Thrine. Um, Says, great, let's cap. We've got Moria, let's go in. And Dine's like, uh, no, you've forgotten about Doran's Bane. No, thank you. And the, the dwarves all leave. Mm. Um, this is where Thorin gets his nickname, Oakenshield, because his shield is broken. So he picks up a, uh, a branch of an oak tree and uses it as a uh, club and as a shield. So this is a huge battle. And a lot of people really think that this might be. Um, that this is going to be featured in the movies, either maybe as sort of a, a a little intro thing, kind of like the War of the Last Alliance and the Lord of the Rings, or maybe we'll get to see scenes of it throughout the film, little bits and pieces revealed. So oh. um, there's a lot of question about – so if the Battle of Azanolbazar is going to be shown on screen, um, maybe they will also happen to show the insti- the inciting event, this um, murder of Thror, so – 
Hmm. 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 Um, I, I, I think that uh, you didn't hear what I asked in the middle of your exposition. No, I was, sorry. I was wondering if you were having a second breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if so, yes. if you were eating rabbit stew. Uh, <laughs> it's not rabbit stew, but it is a second breakfast. <laughs> Very good. Um, um, so, wow, that's a complicated uh, – So let me give you the predictions. Okay. You're going to see a fairly common trend here. Um, uh, you'll remember last time Corey predicted A. You'll get to see it on screen and I predicted that it would be exposition. Mm-hmm. This time around, Corey predicted A. It will be on scene again and I predicted uh, – my answer this time was C. It will be mentioned in brief, probably in reference to the war. So – I don't think we're going to get to see it. I don't think anyone will even tell the story. I think they'll just mention that, you know, like, oh, why why did this war begin? Oh, because the, the, the goblins murdered um, Thorin's grandfather, Thor. I think that's all we're going to hear about it. I don't think we'll get to see it on screen. Hmm. I think we're going to see it. I think I, if you're going to cast Thor, and you're, you're not going to just show non-important stuff. You want to show them the moment that he's killed. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know that he's walking around with this map, and so I think it's going to be tied to the to the whole Gandalf and Thrain uh, encounter, and mm-hmm. that that will actually lead into a flashback where we uh, get the story of the map. So it it has a bit of a continuity, um, you know, because the map is going to be important for the rest of the story as well. So you basically set up a narrative narrative thread linked to that object, so it becomes. Kind of visible to the to me as a spectator, why this backstory is important, um, and gives mm-hmm. the, gives the map more weight, more importance in a way because it, it's been such a you know it's been tied to such such important events. So yeah, now the more I think of it, the more I uh, I my prediction will be that we will actually see. Uh, Thor, and we'll also see the 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 you know him getting killed. Perhaps not as all right, not not as graphical as as it as you can ma- as you might imagine, because of course this <laughs> needs to be. What what are they aiming for? PG thirteen or uh, I don't know. There's gonna be. It's hard to imagine it, it can't being be, as graphic as it's described. It can't be too bloody, although you know, Lord of the Rings is pretty gruesome at times. Even though mm-hmm. you mostly see orcs being slaughtered, but. Uh, uh, 16 years and older here in Europe for Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, I, I think they could do that. They could behead him. That would be fine for European uh, audiences, that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. I think we're going to see we're gonna see his demise. Awesome. On screen. Love it. I'm going for that. Ah, <laughs> oh, Father Roderick, ever the optimist, much like Professor Olson. So the next prediction I'd like to share with you is from Mark Fisher once again. And once again, he sent us a paragraph I'm going to share with you. Uh, He mentions um, that it's tough to come up with too many useful comments on this question, as I think this topic overlaps quite a bit with the Battle of Azanolbazar, and I wouldn't want to preempt next week's episode too much. Very observant, and thank you, Mark, for for, uh, holding off. Uh, Nonetheless, here are some brief notes to go with the answer. This one is pretty tricky. I've chosen A, i.e. it'll be shown on screen, partly because I, we know that Thror and Azog have both been cast, but mainly because this is a pretty pivotal event, and the whole history of the dwarves makes a lot less sense without it. 
I suppose there are other possible ways of leading into the Battle of Azanalbazar, and I'm presuming that we'll see that battle in some form, but why change this great scene when there's no obvious need for it? On the other hand, none of the castles I've seen include either Nar nor Bolg, which might suggest that the movie is planning to switch things around a little. That could be a hint that D, and let me remind myself, D is, it will be left out and the origins of the war will be changed. Uh, that could be a hint that D, changing the origins of the war, is the way they're planning to go, or it could be a hint that I need to find a longer cast list. In any case, I'll go with option A, if only because that's what I really hope they choose to do. Yet another optimist, and I imagine many of our listeners are optimists as well. However, amongst our many analysts, there are not too many optimists, because Professor Olson, Mark, and Father Roderick were the only people who selected A. Um, I'm in fairly good company of people who don't think it'll be shown on screen, but the only other person who selected C is John D. Bartolo from the Lonely Mountain Band. Um, uh, Arwen from Middle Earth News says B. The Warriors of the Westfold ladies say B. Merrick and Golden Star once again divided between B and D, if you recall from their conversation that you heard just a little while ago. Let's see what you had to say about this. Jane Wilkins posted on the MythGuard site. Um, she actually asked some non sequitur questions that don't uh, aren't concerned with this uh, topic, but I did want to point them out. Um, Jane, you asked you wanted to know about what Frodo's role in the movie would be, uh, and you also asked where you where the two movies will be split. These are fantastic questions that I think will make excellent topics of conversation on the show and prediction questions. In fact, I will go ahead and share with you that we are planning to do the Probably the biggest prediction question there is about the movie split uh, in early April. We're going to make a big to-do of it, make a big announcement, and, and really uh, uh, just make it very exciting. So um, we're just trying to build up a little bit of momentum on the pad- podcast before we hit that big one that we know everyone's anticipating. But we will get to that, I promise, Jane. And the Frodo thing, I think, is a good question we'll address, too. Um, uh, Adam and, and Farron uh, jumped on that in the comments, so guys, I promise we'll get to the split and to the Frodo thing down the road. Um, Pete, I think, makes a fantastic comment about uh, why Thryon didn't reveal that he had a ring of power, pointing out that this is actually not out of character for uh, both ring bearers, that the elven, the bearers, the the uh, elves who possess the rings of power at the end of the Third Age, of course, are secretive, and also that dwarves in general are uh, notoriously secretive and tight-lipped. Uh, so that's an excellent observation. And uh, finally, um, Stephen shared with us his pessimism about whether the Battle of Azanalbazar would be in the film, and he sounds pretty pessimistic and says that his horrible prediction is that Thor and Thryne will appear in an early sequence showing the dragon attacking Lonely Mountain. Uh, Thor will then be out of the movie, and the heirlooms of his house pass to Thryne. Um, Azog beheads Thryne in front of Gandalf, and Gandalf escapes with the key and map at Dol Guldor. And Azog, who's at Dol Guldor, is a visiting orc or captain or something. Azog appears again in the Misty Mountains, where Gandalf doesn't kill him, and he reappears at the Battle of Vimarvis, where Thorin gets his revenge. I wonder how this plays into the whole new Bolg news. Good questions, but... Man, that's actually a fantastic, uh, wildly imaginative, but extremely plausible set of predictions, Stephen, that I'm going to make sure I call these to Corey's attention, because these are... (laughs) 
Very interesting. I kind of would like to hear what Corey has to say about that. So wonderful feedback. Um, thank you very much, Stephen, Farron, Pete, Adam, and Jane for commenting, and please keep the comments coming. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. We've run on way too long. Um, I want to give a big shout-out and thanks to all of our listeners, of course, and especially those of you who are interacting with us and sending us your feedback. I want you to know that we are working hard to find additional ways for you to contribute your views and opinions. We're going to add some polls. We're going to add ways for you to sort of put your own, fill in your own predictions and compare them to our analysts. And we have a few other sort of more ambitious ideas that we're working on that we won't uh, share yet until we figure out how to do them. Um, but thank you very much, and keep participating and playing along with us. I want to thank all of our analysts. Um, uh, we are so excited to have them all, and they are all fantastic citizens of the online Tolkien world. Please do check out their sites and podcasts and the content they're creating, because they are tireless supporters of Corey and what he's trying to do with Mythgard, and so we should be tireless supporters of them as well. Um, and uh, and finally, I want to thank Corey for uh, for agreeing to do this podcast with me um, and uh, for for being a part of this game and making this thing a reality. And um, once more, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening along on this episode, uh, um, uh, the first one ever on the Tolkien Professor feed that doesn't feature Corey. Um, I appreciate uh, your patience with me. I promise these episodes will get a little bit shorter, a little bit more efficient, um, and a little bit better produced. But I hope in general that they'll just continue to be entertaining and they will add to your enjoyment of the Riddles in the Dark podcast series and the Riddles in the Dark prediction game. Remember, we are the center of the internet when it comes to Hobbit speculation. That's right. Thank you for listening, and Godspeed.